welcome to Season 1 of Instrumental. I'm your host, Amber Petty. What was the first instance when you thought, gee, there really is something here, something in me vocally? I just remember somebody commenting, you can sing, and I thought, Mm. oh, can I? (laughs) I think that's where where these things start, you know, um, any sort of comment, passion that you have. It was just like because I grew up uh, at church, in in church, and there was a lot of group singing going along. Um, and somebody heard me when I was singing in the group, yeah, <laughs> like church or something. Um, and then I don't know. I think I thought. I mean, it was just that little simple encouragement that made me think, oh, maybe I can. And and I certainly enjoyed it. And I loved listening to music. Um, I mean, I I credit my dad for that because he would he was the one that always liked to play me records and. Mm. He bought lots of strange records at garage sales and things like that. Did he? Um, yeah. He, I mean, I've talked about it before that one of my early influences is the Elephant Man soundtrack, which is really quite creepy. Um, because he's so. But it's great. I mean, it's great music. I mean, it's David Lynch film. And of course. now I think, oh, when I listen to it now, I just wow. think, oh, this makes total sense that this was an early influence because I can hear it in um, in what I, the, the sounds that I like and you know the organs and bells and you know just sort of eerie kind of um melancholic music <laughs> isn't that bizarre though that you can like just see even just synchronicity of your father who I saw the ABC documentary on you which features your father quite a lot which is so entertaining and he is just um a very Really, like quirky is not the word. I mean, I don't even know how you describe him. He's, <laughs> he's eccentric. Yeah, yeah. He's yes. He's he's that's 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 right. He's he's a, a very intelligent, eccentric, and a fascinating guy. <laughs> and well, he's yeah. not as fascinating as he <laughs> I'm sure. Well, everyone's <laughs> like that. Well, every, but but he's every, a weirdo. We're weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, but well, everyone's on the spectrum, so I'm sure he must be very dull on the other end at <laughs> certain times, which you've been privy to, which I'm sure the ABC probably were, uh, left out of the edit. Um, but yeah, but it is interesting how he can, you know, go to a random little kind of, you know, garage sale or whatever it is, pick up an album like that. You end up listening to it, you know thinking mm. it just sort of, you know, it's just a random act, but that mm. really kind of like engaging and, cha- and enchanting you in a way and, which is almost like, you know, that first little, you know, well, I guess gradual unlocking of all that you mm. sort of end up being, you know. Yeah, well, I credit um, those kinds of strange records um, and, I mean, I don't think they're strange now, but... Um, but yeah, but then also he played a lot of Beatles. Well, actually, he played Paul McCartney, and I thought Paul McCartney was just a solo artist. I didn't realize he was playing right. Beatles. Um, and I really remember Eleanor Rigby completely capturing my imagination. I just was there in all of those scenes in the song, and I, that was a really big early influence. And also the way that it, there's something about the way that it was recorded that I just thought was. Unbelievable! I felt like I was in the same room as as them um, recording it, and 
so that was really huge. Um, and, you know, and stuff like Simon and Garfunkel. And, Do you think um, that's because, Austin. like, it? you know, what's really kind of, I don't know, I mean, I, I think it's fairly unique about you is just the way you have, I mean, I've, this podcast is, you know, is really been about sort of looking, you know, speaking to different um, songwriters and musicians and and kind of looking at like why was it that they fell in love largely with one instrument, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the more I kind of got to sort of, uh, uh, you know, understand or learn a bit about, you know, where what your journey has been, it, it seems like you've had a, a lot of love affairs with just different instruments, um, not to sound like you, you, you get around, yeah. um, but I do. <laughs> you do get around when it comes to music. But, um, I think there's obviously something, you know, part of your gift and is that maybe like the Eleanor Rigby's and the Simon and Garfunkel's is that, I mean, we kind of, a lot of us just sort of listen to those music and just feel moved and we know it's brilliant and we know it's big but there's maybe something about you that can just detect all of those different music parts and what is going on in the studio, even maybe before you even had sat in one in that sort of setup yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's some truth to that. I think that there is there is a level in which I think music felt innate to me um, mm. and, like, I just, it kind of came alive for me. But then... Then yeah, I I mean recently I've been producing a record um, for a Sydney musician and he um, in the process of working with him I just realised yeah I've just realised how much over the last you know ten or fifteen years of being in studios how much I've learned and I was really um, you know it was exciting to see it through his eyes again you know he's making his debut album and um, and it was such a mystery to me, the process of recording when I made my first album. That's so beautiful. Um, and, and so it was a really nice reminder of, of that. And so, yeah, I, I think that in part it there is an innateness about this, mm. about music for me, but then I think that obviously, you know, there's, you know, experience and, and all of that. But, um, but yeah, I do, I do feel like it kind of found me rather than me finding it. Um mm. So it just kind of seeped in there somehow and then it was and then next thing you know, it's like here you are. That's so right. We, yeah, someone wants to talk to you about it that you've never met in your life and you're in one state <laughs> and, I, and I'm in another. You're talking to strangers about it. Who is this Who's this special special guy to have someone as special as you want to sort of guide him and work with him? Who is he? Um, yeah, I've been working with this guy called Jack Colwell and he's been around for a while but he's, he's never made um, – yeah, he's never made an al- a full album. He's made a few EPs and stuff. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I saw him play um, at Newtown Social Club, which, rest in peace, is no longer with oh, us. Oh, is it not? I used to live in Newtown. That's so sad. What happened to it's it? It's turned into a mini an indoor. I can't even talk about it without oh, okay. to right. die. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's gone. like an indoor golf. Oh, it's, it's appalling. Oh, my God. Anyway, because it was like the old hotel. Anyway, um, wow. I saw him play there, and he was just like it was like he was playing in a stadium, and I was. <laughs> wow. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's just really unique and really. Um, he's very charismatic and a really interesting guy. And um, did he know you really were there that night? Like, bit. how did how did you like? What happened? Did you did you know him personally? Like, did you 
go there. Yeah, we've got a lot of common days. friends. Yeah. Okay. So I've known of him for a while, but um, but yeah, we um, we just become friends over the, the last couple of years, and then um, we started just kind of meeting up and talking about music, and then yeah, it just kind of naturally developed into me working on his album, and I think yeah, I really really believe in him, and I find him really. I don't know why he's not really well known. Like I, I think he's really amazing. So, yeah, so it was a real pleasure to work with him and um, and a really, yeah, it was a real learning experience for me to work on someone else's music because I've never produced anyone else's music before. So, um, yeah, it was really exciting. And- yeah, like what did you what did you learn about yourself? Because you're, I mean, you've got such a, I mean, in that ABC um documentary which was um about sort of the whole production of depth of field um that was so weird because when you walked into where was it was it the Campbelltown art center art center that's right and you and you first walked into that space and you'd been obviously talking about the fact that you're going to be there for several weeks or whatever and and that was where you were going to create the album and there was you didn't have I don't think from memory you had, had made much of a start, like it was literally all going to supposedly happen, which it did, you know, in there. But I'm looking thinking. Well, no, I didn't, I didn't go oh. there thinking I was going to make an album. No, I just oh. went there wanting to write and it ended up becoming an album. Oh, but, okay, yeah. right. But yeah. it was, but it was quite, but it was quite fascinating because I was suddenly, I'm looking, I'm looking around that, that space and, and this is no disrespect because it's, it, it was a performing, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a theatre kind of thing, isn't it? Where you, you know, there's a stage mm. and there's seats and whatever, but the, you know, with the lights on and, and, you know, um, without it being a show, it's, I mean, it, it, it mm. there's, no, there's no atmosphere there. And the way you just sort of built that atmosphere inside mm. that art centre was just, it was quite mind-blowing. But you have a very interesting, you, you know, you and I've seen artists work before with their bands and, you know, it's, it's obviously a different sort of dynamic depending on, I guess, who you are as sort of the lead director. But, mm. you know, you're very, you, as much as you've kind of really got this sort of internal thing going on you're you're super beautiful and sweet and adored by your band members you know um which is really lovely to sort of see that kind of chemistry and dynamic and you have a lot of respect for them it's not all about you um but what did you did you learn anything new about you as a person or even just uh you know creatively about actually having to be the guider of another mm. artist at as you said at at, at, an, at an earlier part in his career that that you remember, mm. you know, that discovery, that early discovery? Well, I think I felt quite reassured that um, I think I I know I sort of I guess I felt like I really knew what we should do. Like I felt very clear yeah. about, right. about what we should do. But then at times I was kind of scaring myself about how much I thought that I knew what we needed to do. <laughs> Um, but you've got to really just put that aside out of your head. In terms um, of you knew more or you knew less once you <laughs> once you were there. Oh, you mean? Oh, sorry. Do you mean working with Jack or do you mean? Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, sorry. I mean, no. I mean yeah. working. Yeah, sorry. I probably confused you. I mean working with mm. Jack because I, I I'd sort of got yeah. a sense of like how you work with yourself when it's your project, but then you're working with this new person that you obviously yeah. have. Yeah. Like, what what did you learn about sort of that process about yourself? I guess. Well, I think. Um, 
well, I really like supporting what someone else does. I'm not, I don't, I don't, but I guess, yeah, as I was just saying, I just felt very clear about what he, what he, I think he should do with, mm. <laughs> with his debut album. So I was probably giving a lot of advice that I kind of almost wish somebody had given me, but I don't know whether it <laughs> overwhelmed yeah. him or it, in his mind he was just thinking, oh, fuck's sake, fuck's you know. But, you know, I think I feel like I did it in a, um, in a respectful and a really caring way, you know. Um, so but um, I guess I just realised that I've really grown up <laughs> um, in terms of my confidence and, and just feeling really comfortable in a recording studio because I think I realised how... Um, how little time he'd spent in a recording studio. Yeah, right. Um, and then realising, oh, yeah, like I guess I have spent a lot of time in a recording studio now. So, um, But then, you know, I think it was all uh, a big part of my job was just making him feel really, um, you know, feeling really comfortable. And, yeah, and um, supported. And just encouraging him and just helping him to quiet any sort of, voices going on inside his head that were doubting what he could do and which is potentially um, I mean I mean I'm, I'm sure every artist has that experience but I guess also when you have got someone that you're lucky enough to have the kind of knowledge and talent that you've got to be there believing in you Jesus that could easily amplify your self-doubt by three because you know any insecurities of oh, I don't want to waste her time or I don't want her to go away from this thinking oh shit I've backed the wrong horse or all of that sort of stuff could be potentially quite intense couldn't it yes but yeah I mean I don't really I haven't really thought about it like that because I just yeah. you know I, I just didn't want to wreck his album basically <laughs> I didn't, so I don't know what he thought, but I just didn't want to wreck his thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I was just trying to to do something delicately because you don't want to remove what's um, like what's really special and interesting about somebody and kind of smooth over those edges or whatever. Like I really wanted to make sure that I captured him. Mm. um as he is and and not to be um trying to sort of like polish something or yeah um and that's where I think yeah you probably just have to work with people that um that you really believe in and I and and I really believe in him so it's not like I was just trying to find a way to um to preserve all of the great things about what he does Mm. rather than you know Trying to change for- somebody, you know. Yeah, I look forward to hearing his music. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep an eye out for him. Um, yeah. I, funnily enough, when I was just making notes because we were obviously going to catch up um, a few weeks ago, and and then um, I was actually making some notes of what I wanted to talk to you about, and obviously with respect to this series, you know, just sort of at the core of a a lot of these conversations are really the sort of love affairs with instruments. And um, I wanted, because I really wanted to talk to someone about piano because it's such a beautiful instrument and, you know, a lot of people I think kind of think, oh, God, it's the sort of type of instrument that surely you'd have to start sort of piano lessons when you're young and seems like this sort of very out of reach kind of instrument. And do you know what was really, really funny? So I was making notes of what I wanted to talk to you about and obviously I wanted to ask you about your 
love affair with the piano. And um, as I'm sitting at the hairdresser and I've got like a head full of foils and I'm and I'm, um, got my computer in front of me and I just, and I had been sort of like as I was sort of thinking about things, I, I'd been sort of glancing out the window and there's a golf course across the road and it's a nice little sort of peaceful nature site. Just as I got to the writing the question about, um, you know, piano, I looked out the window and suddenly the golf club had gone and there was this massive truck completely blocking the entire window and it was um, a a piano removalist truck. (laughs) And I thought, what? It's like sometimes I'm looking for these signs that sort of for the universe saying, yes, something's right, no, no, something's not right. And then it was just, I just thought it was almost like this universal sort of black comedy going, yes, you know, do ask her about the piano okay, well, why is this a removalist truck? You know what I mean? It was quite funny. So how did sort of the relationship with piano kind of start, like where and how? And Yeah. Um, well, I first started playing guitar actually um, and then, well, actually I did a performing arts course after I finished high school and mm. um, and I I just did it for a year and um, but they had a piano in this little room and you could go there at lunchtime and play and stuff. So I kind of started dabbling with it then, I guess, and started writing a few little mm. songs and stuff. But then actually I didn't play piano at all for a long time after that because um, for my first two records they're mostly kind of guitar-driven mm. albums, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, I didn't, really, I didn't really play at all and I co-wrote a lot with... Um, a friend of mine and then who, then who actually ended up being my partner. Um, and so I kind of got back in touch with the piano after mm. he and I parted ways both musically and um, personally mm. and started writing my third album, which is As Day Follows Night. Mm. Um, and I just had this old piano that a friend of mine had kind of dumped at my um, manager's office (laughs) or just sort of like was on like extended loan but I think it's still there. It's been there for like 10 years or something. Um, And then I, yeah, because I was kind of pretty lonely and self-doubting at the time, Mm. um, I decided that I was going to write the whole album there at the office and as like a bit of a funny um, kind of experiment to see how much I would write. And so I would walk there every day, which took about 45 minutes, and then I would sit down at this old out-of-tune piano. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of I, I wrote a lot of As Day Follows Night there and then I ended up working on the music for Hamlet at, in Sydney with Belle Shakespeare and then they ended up being in the production and then they had these really beautiful um, uh, grand uh, Steinway grand pianos backstage. Wow. So then I wrote the rest of the album kind of backstage at, Did you? at um, Hamlet. Well, one time I missed my cue to go on stage actually. <laughs> um, so caught up in your own little creative Well, they bubble. have these beautiful pianos back there. It's at, you know, at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. Um, um, so, yeah, I kind of, it just happened, yeah, it just was sort of the right time and then I just fell in, that's when I really like, fell in love with piano and I'm mostly right on piano now and um but you know like I'm I'm a really a really rudimentary player I'm really quite terrible in you know I'm not technically 
very mm. good. But I think I can kind of, you know, I can hold hold <laughs> my own now in terms Obviously. of, you know, I can kind of keep it keep it rolling. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've certainly got you know, a lot to learn. Um, but there's just something so instantaneous about the piano. You know, you can. I remember my mum actually when I was a kid. Um, uh, uh, she got on this piano in this holiday house that we went to and we were all like pissing ourselves um, laughing on the floor because she was she did this really long extended kind of um, mock improvised like jazz sort of improvised <laughs> jazz piano thing because, yeah. you know, anybody can get on a piano and kind of sort of do something. Do something. You know? That's right. Or pretend <laughs> yeah. that they know how to do something. Yeah, I mean, this is you just put that sustain pedal down and you just hit a whole lot of notes and if you're in a nice reverberant room, mm. you feel like you're a genius. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got immediate atmosphere. Um, yes, it's true. Know, and all the notes are right there in front of you. It's, 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 yeah, it's and nice. you've got this very grand thing in front of you. You're commanding attention <laughs> regardless of whether you know what you're doing. Yeah. So I like that about it, you know, and like a kid can get on there. Anyone can just have a bash, you know. It's, um, Did your mum take the, take it, like, I mean, it sounds like she was sort of being, um, you know, just entertaining for fun then, but did she, yeah. did she, like, did she have a, like, relationship with the piano? Like, was she? No, a- my mum was completely tone deaf. And was she? she? was amazed that my sister and I could sing. Um, so that was like her um, proudest moment. <laughs> oh my God, I can imagine. So, yeah. Especially yeah, my sister, proud and confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I always think that that's how we learnt to sing is standing either side of my mum in church and she was tone deaf and really loud and we would, it's like we learnt to sing by doing opposite of what she was doing she had a terrible <laughs> voice and she couldn't play an instrument or but she loved music as well oh. but she loved like Olivia Newton-John I mean that's why I love Olivia Newton-John is because of my mum used to always play um that was like her favorite singer was Olivia was it so, yeah <laughs> that is so funny that visual of you and your sister sitting either side and going god we we're really going to have to do this really really well yeah. because we need we need to balance this out or the or the, the, the yeah. family the family's going home in shame it was pretty embarrassing because <laughs> she would sing quite loudly and it was like oh god yeah <laughs> For the first time in Australasia, Yamaha has created the brand new Yamaha Premium Piano Centre in South Melbourne, offering a purpose-built exclusive location to audition the full range of premium pianos. Audition your prestigious new instrument in a private, acoustically treated environment. Pianos on display include the flagship CFX Concert Grand, the brand new Yamaha SX Series pianos, and state-of-the-art Disclavier technology, carrying tradition into the future. We are now taking local and interstate inquiries. Please visit au.yamaha.com slash piano centre to make an appointment. Your mum passed away when you are 23, is that right? Mm, yeah. That, that, I mean, I lost my father earlier this year. It's, oh, so, yeah. so it's, I think you just, speaking of relationships or to something mm. or an experience, um, uh, you know, I, I think sort of death is. I think you know you have to have gone through it to to realize 
I don't know, it's it's just such an entity and it's such an experience and it's so bizarre and 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 so difficult, but also there can be some really funny parts to it and it's all sorts of things that I guess you never mm. imagine. But it really has, um, it's made me, you know, you know I, I try to look at the positives and the negatives, you know, on it. And there are lots of positives, as, as bizarre as that might sound to, to some people. And, you know, I think one of the positives for, for me that's come out of it is I feel like I have a much stronger connections connection to other humans because I look at a lot of them now and I go, well, what, when did you have to grieve and who was that person and Mm. do you miss them and how did you cope and did you become Mm. braver? Did you did you learn to love yourself more because you got through it? Like what did, you know, it's such a myriad of like incredible emotions. And, and I guess when I was, uh, you know, it's obviously in the ABC documentary again that, you know, that, um, that she died when you were 23. I'm like, wow. And it's just at that time, I mean, I, and of course I have no idea and I certainly don't want to push, sound like I, I do um, know more about that a big time for you, but God, you were such, on a, such an incredibly, you know, you're 23 anyway. I mean, anyone that's sort of 23, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really tough time because you're kind of suddenly out of the gates you know, and you think, oh, God, the world's my oyster and you suddenly go, but it's really tough and I don't know where I'm going and I don't know who I am and and then you lose a parent in the mix. You know, that mm. that, 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 must, that would have been an extraordinary time for you. How, how, do you, how did you process your grief and, and, and losing your mum? I don't really know, to be honest. Um, well, it's not like you, you can. It's not like you have a plan, but a, but a, yeah. it, it, but it, it arrives, and it's there for you to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely has given me a certain perspective on mm. life, and you know, um, I don't know. I think that I had I let go of a lot of um, like I kind of because I was still up until when my mum died, I was still kind of sort of had a foot still in the church, you know, yes. in religion and yeah. um, it really severed my ties with with the church um, mm. because, I don't know, I just found, I think I found people within the church, I don't want to like insult anyone here, but mm. I just found the responses of people that I knew not in the church to be far more genuine than mm. the people I knew at church. And I felt like it was just a little bit of a bubble, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, I mean, the greatest response that I think we ever had was our neighbour across the road. Just remember my dad telling him and he was like raking his garden or something at the yeah. time. Yeah. And he's just leaning on his rake and he's just going, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like he's like really- <laughs> And it was literally like, you know, so what? genuine. That's, that is a response. That's you know, that's this correct. Keep going, like, let me know if you need anything. You know, this kind of. Well, I just got, feel like the mm. church gave me a really wussy response, and I just didn't have mm-hmm. time for it. <laughs> um, and you know, I was married at the time. I actually got married when I was twenty-one, and I think I thought that I knew myself, and that I thought that I got it all, had it all figured out, and then my mum died two years later and then it was like everything it was like the veil lifted and I was just I knew that I had to I had a lot to do uh you know a lot of work to do in terms of working out who I was 
And so I cut ties with the church and then our my marriage fell fell apart and I was basically just adrift in the world and I kind of um I was really lost for a long time. Um how long do you think that lasted for that, that time? Um well I think around the time I mean I pulled my first record out in around uh, I think it was two thousand and oh yeah, when was it? <laughs> two thousand four. Yeah. Um so that was when I was around I think I was like twenty six or yeah. 27 when I put that out and I suppose that album was kind of like a you know part of the, the that working out out of of all of that mm. um processing of that time and so yeah it was you know it was a, it was a few years of of um being pretty I mean mm. I think my 20s I really you know a lot of people kind of go crazy in there teens and stuff mm. but I went crazy crazy in my 20s yeah um but you know I think you got to go crazy at some point or it's just absolutely like, well no but actually think- actually and, and that's what I was going to ask you because I mean it, it sounds like such a cliche to ask this question of um you know a, 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 a music star um but you know the the 27 you know mm. the, the satin mm. return like that that is and you know I've done a bit of tarot reading in the in the past and it's really funny when I first and I was only dabbling but I was just very interested in it and um and I found for a period of time like a lot of uh girls were coming and 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 like I, I would put it out there that I would just do reading and so then I was an amateur so I just have friends of friends just su- suggesting people and they'd come and I'd just give them a reading and you know mm. but, I, but I just found a lot of girls suddenly walked through my door that were all sort of 26 27 and oh my god like it was just such a consistent theme that they were just mm. all feeling like life was just all up in the air had no idea what was going on it was this really mm. like you know um but I and 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 it's interesting uh too i think just with like uh you know when when it sort of looks at the the 27 you know the rockstar club um of, of the big sort of legends that died at that age oh. and you look at um you know the, the 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 amount of energy that they've put out to the world purely oh. just by the music and the music that just sort of builds and 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 travels um it's any wonder that they run out of steam. Like, yeah, yeah, I get the drugs, I get the all of that kind of stuff. Like that's sort of the physical demise. But energetically, you've put a shitload of energy out to the world by 27. No wonder those a lot of those people fall off their perch. Hmm. Yeah, well, I can't relate because I put my first album out. <laughs> yeah, well, yours, yes. but yeah. <laughs> you see, yours but yeah. was the end of an era in a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is which is quite funny, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is which is sort of quite lovely. Yeah, I, I was, yeah you, you know, because like when I um like you know seeing you perform, like especially at um Sydney Opera House and stuff like that, like you know you just really get you know, and I'm sure a million people have told you this before, but you know you you get transported away. You know, I, I'm not sure that it's where you're going, but you know, we're away somewhere with you. You just have that kind of like magician-like ability to do that to people. You know, you're so immersed in it, but also just you know this beautiful voice that you have. 
you, you've you've obviously had such a big relationship. I keep using the word relationship. I don't know why. Um, I'll, I'll end up listening to this back, going, "Oh Jesus, can we can we just this and just change up the word relationship?" I use "wonderful" a lot too, but it seems to be a relationship in this. But um, you, you know, with with religion, I, I guess, and and being told what to believe in and what and what the truth is and and what the point of life is and and all of that stuff. And you obviously said you sort of you know, you released yourself from all of that. Um, like what, and, but also I think when you are someone like you that's had, like you seem so unbelievably down to earth, but you have got a gift that, you know, no one in my apartment block's got it, probably no one, you know, even in Elwood. I mean, there's probably some magnificent singers, but you've got something that is so kind of like unique and a small pop part of the population have a vocal ability like yours what do you do you have beliefs now like do, are you spiritual like what do you believe where he um, what do you think what what do you think is out there or or what we're part of um I don't know I mean I I think that it's been very important to me not to think about what's beyond here because mm. I thought about that kind of Too all much. my childhood and yeah. it was I think it was really detrimental to my life because I was just always thinking about where are we going, like, after life and, you know. Yeah. I I think it really robs somebody of being able to enjoy the here and now. So I'm just kind of like that sort of feels like my religion now is just to kind of keep reminding myself to always just be here and to because I always tend to in something internally in me always wants to rob myself of enjoying um the day-to-day or it's like oh you're not meant to enjoy it too much or something Mm. you know and that's always like um causes a lot of pain within me because it's like what is wrong with you you know um Mm. because that's what you know it is all about it's about enjoying each other and delighting in in those simple things you know and um Mm. So I don't know. That's kind of become my religion. Anytime anyone wants like to talk that. to me about religion, I'm just like, <laughs> I just want to tell them to just go away. I don't know. I've done my quota. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I think that there are so many. Beaut- I mean, in a lot of ways, I do think I believe in God because I, I think that there is probably something greater, but I don't think it's for us to focus we don't need to on now. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to know now, I don't think. Anyway, yeah. I think that it, I think right now we're to, to be grateful and to enjoy life. But, um, you know, I do think that there probably is a God, but I don't really know. I don't think it's the God that I grew up uh, or the type of God that I yeah. grew up sort of hearing about or, um, yeah. But it did kill, like... I just think, yeah, when you brought up with hearing all of these stories and from the Bible and being told how you should feel about, you know, sexuality or about mm. marriage or, you know, you kind of you, at 10 years old you think that you kind of know everything somehow and you had absolutely no life experience. You just tell these people talking to you about about what you should think of, mm. you know, what God thinks of 
all of these life experiences that you don't actually even understand. Yeah. So it's kind of absurd. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, be wanting to encourage my son to <laughs> to, go, Just, to go a little bit wild and to, yeah, <laughs> the religion to be, you know, nature or, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's getting to, you know, that, close like, to animals and people. <laughs> Just, totally. Like let uh, that. Let the let nature be your church because I mean, yeah. you know, um, that's that's really beautiful. Well, he sounds like he's going to be a wild child, but uh, <laughs> you already. How old is he now? He's only three. Oh, he's still a little little baby. But you know, oh. three they're kind of a bit insane. So, <laughs> oh my god, they're totally insane. Um, they're, they're hilarious. Like they're yeah. Yeah. The sort of crazy little comedians that you can't work out whether they're taking the piss out of you or they're taking the they're piss. They're dictator. Yeah, they are. They're Do you confusing that comedian and a dictator? It's like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I'm dealing with half the time. <laughs> That's right. On any given second, <laughs> yeah. it's like, are we having fun? Yeah. Are, you not, are you telling me off? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Are we? Are you about to turn? To do, crazy, you, yeah. do you? Do um, you? Do you read books and sing to him at night? Yes, um, yes, I do. <laughs> do, do, do you crank do you crank up the singing, or do you just go? You know what, kid? You know, let's just keep this basic, like other mothers. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like I'm really, really annoying. I, I, I'm pretty. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like I have a side of me that's really big into musical theatre, and um, oh, so, you so I really ham it up. <laughs> Yeah, I do like a um, sort of a cabaret version of, oh. <laughs> you know, just and he just looks at me like sometimes he thinks it's really funny and then I can see this hint of <laughs> is she insane behind his eyes. <laughs> like I'll get behind the door and like I'll do a or I'll, I'll pretend that I'm not going to sing a song and I'll walk out of the room and then I'll come back in singing a song. And, oh yeah. God. But I, yeah, it's just that side of me that I like to let out in them. Um, the privacy of my <laughs> in the privacy of your child's bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think he finds it entertaining. Um, That's so funny. You know, got to give him some some memorable <laughs> moments. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's something to talk about. It is twenty first. I remember when Mum came out doing Jesus Christ Superstar. Or uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it's probably not quite that. It's yeah. probably something a bit camper. Yeah, it is. Like, well, I've done cabaret for him a couple of times. <laughs> The song cabaret, you know, but I like oh, to do sound of sound of music stuff and oh, that you know, so cute. Just what, or I just make <laughs> up a little something. <laughs> just like, oh god, the captive audience is yeah. not allowed to leave his room yeah. when he's about <laughs> he to go to bed. He can't reach the the, the doorknob yet. <laughs> yeah. poor, poor child. He can actually, yeah, but he yeah um, but, chooses yeah. to humour you and wait. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, oh, well, thank you so much for your time and talking and no, paint, so, painting yeah, some beautiful little <laughs> painting some beautiful little Sarah pictures in in my head and anyone who's listening and and also <laughs> just for yeah your really simple beautiful explanation of your feelings about the piano because <laughs> you know I like I like the thought that people will listen to this series and not just be interested in you know 
the artist or, you know, it's not just about the fans of the artists. It's literally I I also hope people go, you know, they just feel that little bit of inspiration that they go, Mm. you know what, I'm going to go back and sit on the piano again or I'm going to go and sit behind Mm -hmm. the drums again because you just don't know and, it, you know, they just... Just everyone needs sometimes just a little, a little, a little nudge. And even just to go, I just to realize, yeah, I too really enjoy that instrument. And I need yeah. to, I need to spend more time enjoying that for the rest of my life. Like that, yeah. that's really cool too. Well, if, yeah, if anyone listening wants to see further proof of my love of the piano, then they should, um, some little homework after listening to this yes. is to watch my video clip for Planet New Year. <laughs> And um, which is a rather ridiculous video, but you will see yeah. the extent of my love for the for the piano as an instrument. Oh, that's so cool! Oh, I love that. Well, I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to do that right now. It's one of the most ridiculous things you're ever going to see. Yes, it's. I don't want to give any. Okay. Too much away. So no, don't. Gonna, no, no, spo- no spoiler alerts. I think. I think. I'll give you a laugh. I was going to say. Yeah. I think after. Uh, painting the picture of the cabaret and your poor child sitting on the bed going all right mum I get it um <laughs> I think we, I think I know, know that there uh there will be some tongue-in-cheek there um yeah. thank you so much and good luck with thank everything you. and I can't wait to to you know hear whatever or see whatever you're doing next because you're yeah it's just a, a lovely magical joy thank you that's really nice of you yeah <laughs> take care of yourself too Sarah thank you bye Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Yamaha Music Australia for getting on board and supporting this series. Please visit au.yamaha.com forward slash podcast to find out more about new products and promotions. And if you'd like to help us spread the musical love, it would be great if you could subscribe to our series via iTunes and leave us a review if you feel inclined. To hear more podcasts from me, you can head to amberpetty.com.au.